you would please take your Bible, join me tonight in the book of Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament, follow along with the theme of our missions conference and the theme of our church, and uh, I just, uh, I am I'm glad to be in Texas. Uh, I was stranded in Chicago. I missed two planes in Chicago, and uh, I was concerned about who was living around me about that time. But uh, it's good to be home, and it's good to spend some time with my my three other children, and uh, uh, went to church with them and preached and uh, just uh, enjoyed myself. But boy, it's good to be home and good to be back where I'm supposed to be. I checked my job security when I came in earlier this week. Brother Jim said it was kind of shaky, so I guess I better stay home for a while. Calvin Coolidge was vice president of the United States between 1921 and 1923 under President Warren Hardin. He said that he was not a very active vice president, meaning he didn't do much. But he did preside over the Senate, and one day as he was presiding, one of the senators became very angry and told Calvin Coolidge to go straight to hell. The offended senator openly complained to Coolidge as he was the presiding officer. All the time, Calvin Coolidge was leafing through a book, a book of rules, as he made his complaint. Calvin Coolidge looked up from the book and replied, Senator, I've looked all through the rule book. You don't have to go to hell. I've looked through the book, and not one sinner in this town has to go to hell. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There's a hellish doctrine called Calvinism. It's identified by Tulip, five points of Calvinism, and they teach that God has ordained some folk to hell. They cannot be saved, even should they want to be saved. I do not believe that. I do not believe the Bible teaches that because the Bible says that God would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I just believe that we are responsible for Johnson County. Read with me, if you would, please. Follow along as I read in the Bible, Ezekiel chapter 33. In Ezekiel 33, 
begins with again the word of the Lord came unto me saying son of man speak to the children of thy people and say unto them when I bring the sword upon a land if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman I don't know if you write in your Bible or not, but if you do, that would be a good word to underline. Watchman. In biblical times, most cities was built with a huge wall about the city for protection. And at the corners of those walls, some of them were as broad that a chariot could ride around those walls. And at the corners and in certain spaces of that wall, was a tower and in that tower it rose higher than the wall and they would take responsible individuals and sit in those towers who kept watch night and day for oncoming oppressors for kings and royalties and armies that invaded those cities. And they set a watchman in those towers to watch, to protect, to be alert, to warn those that were housed within the city. Verse 2 or verse 3. If when he, the watchman, seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt Hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Nevertheless, 
If thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Our Father, tonight we pray in Jesus' name that we might get a glimpse of the severity of people dying without Christ. Lord Buddha cannot help them. Muhammad is helpless in eternity. Only Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. I pray, Lord, tonight during this month of emphasis upon preaching the gospel here and around the world that you might make a deep impression upon each of our hearts that you have set us as watchmen in this hour. I pray you'd help us now in Jesus' name. Amen. What we do today with powerful technology in the Bible was done with one single individual in a strategic location around the wall. When our warning systems and our intelligence break down, we have a Pearl Harbor or a 9-11. Continually, we are being secured by warning systems beyond our vast imagination. There is no telling what kind of warning system we have in place. But yet, someone snuck two air, three airplanes and did absolutely show us that we wasn't as secure as we might have thought. In Ezekiel's day, the watchman was responsible for all of those under his care. Why do you think maybe God led me to start a church in this city? Is there another soul winning church in this community? How many buses are the other Baptist churches running in this town? Could it be, I ask you tonight, that God has set this church as a watchman for this city, this county, and this community? Are we as alert as we should be? in carrying out the task of warning people who die, there is a place called hell. 
Would it be that some of us, our hands might be dripping with the blood of our own kinfolk, our own loved ones, that we did not embrace and did not encourage and did not live as we should before them? I just notice in verse number 7, the Bible says to Ezekiel, and Ezekiel is a prophet not like most of the pre-exile prophets or like the post-exile prophets, but Ezekiel was carried into captivity between the first and the second deportation. So Ezekiel actually prophesied in captivity. He was there with the captives. He was in Babylon. He sat by the river Kibar. And the Bible said about Ezekiel, if you look in the early part, he said, I'm going to take you to, to captivity. And I want you to sit where they sit. I want you to feel what they feel. And don't say one thing until you have sat where they sat. Some of we Baptists need to quit criticizing other Baptists because we haven't sat where they sat. We haven't felt what they feel. We haven't gone through what they go through. But Ezekiel had gone through it. And God says to Ezekiel in verse 7, I have set thee as a watchman under the house of Israel. A watchman was to warn of God's pending judgment. When I bring the sword, God said. He didn't say when somebody else comes. Oh, by the way, <clears throat> there's nothing happens that God don't control. Now, there's just nothing happens to you that God's not instrumental in. Now, he may have not initiated it, but once it was initiated, it, he did control it for your good if you're saved. You might ought to say amen to that. You say, well, you mean God's in me marrying that woman that I married? Probably not, but you're into it now, so now he's in with it. Amen? <laughs> you're not going to raise your hand or say amen to that. I know you're smarter than that. The watchman was to confront men with the message of God. Isn't it amazing how that the average preacher has watered down the message of God. How long do you think you'd have to watch Christian television until you heard a message on hell? How long would you think you'd have to watch and go to an average Baptist church before you heard the word repent? How long would you have to go to a Baptist church till the preacher encouraged biblical separation? It's amazing how the watchman on the wall has now become slack and the watchman has become very, very apathetic and very cold and indifferent and no longer is the message of God sounding from the pulpits in America. We are confront men with the message of God. We're to warn of impending judgment and the Christian has been given the task of being a watchman. Let me give you another term. Homeland Security. 
You say, I don't feel very comfortable. Well, I don't either, but it looks like they're doing a pretty good job. Nobody's shot at me lately. Watchmen. What would you think of someone who is flying a drone to protect us? And suddenly he recognized a very, a very possibility of a tourist, a terrorist in Joshua. And he failed the same thing about it because he didn't want, he was afraid maybe that somebody would get upset if he woke him up. What if our government failed to warn us as it did in Benghazi. Any of you folk agree with what happened in Benghazi? You know I got you by the nose now. I wonder if we're any better watchmen to alert sinners on their way to hell than they were in Benghazi when we backed up and did not go to the aid of our ambassador and he was killed. Everybody's throwing rocks at Obama and Clinton. What kind of watchman are you? Have you warned anybody lately? I mean, just anybody. If you're the best watchman in this church, what kind of watchman are we? How many here believe people die and go to hell if they're not saved? You actually believe the message of God where it says, and whosoever is not found in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. You believe that? I believe it, and I'm not near the kind of watchman I ought to be. And I, I just don't think we're going to hear well done until we become the kind of watchman that's not ashamed of the message of God and has a genuine concern isn't it a shame that some moms and dads don't even teach their kids and never win their kids to Christ? Waiting on the church to do it, waiting on the school to do it, waiting on maybe a politician to do it. You see, preacher, people, I, I just believe with all my heart, each of us needs to take our place on the wall tonight, and we need to become the watchman that God intends for us to be. Let me ask them, has Jesus been good to you? Uh, has Jesus been good to you? Uh, is your sins gone? Do you have a mansion in heaven? Then you've got a wonderful mansion. Now, what I, I guess probably what we need to do is to give everybody another tool 
you know, another New Testament to put in your pocket, another track. Do, do we need another tool to become better watchmen, or do we just need to start watching? Preach, what you need to do is have a soul-winning class. Why? Well, what you need to do is teach me how to do it. Are you saved? That's the greatest message you'll ever get. It'll work quicker than the Roman road if you just tell people what happened to you. Amen? I mean, just tell them what happened to you. Each of us need to take our position on the wall and maybe have some of these in your pocket. And just everywhere you go, ask somebody, when you have a moment, would you read this for me? And just give it to them. That's the message. That's the message. What a great... What a great price Jesus paid for us. What a great price God paid for us. What's he getting in return for his investment in our life? The church is not a place where we come and retire. The church is to win the lost to Jesus Christ. Our job is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And I just believe with all of my heart, our church needs to be a better watchman. The first church I pastored, I had a lady visit me one day. She said, I'm a member of Gamble Street Baptist Church. I said, that's wonderful. She said, now, I, I, I don't intend to join your church. I just thought I'd come and see what was going on. Because the word is out in this part of town that you folks are just too evangelistic. I said, well, I don't know about that. Uh, I said, well, what if you died right now? Do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? Oh, I'm a Sunday school teacher. I said, ma'am, that's not what I asked you. I asked you if you knew for sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven. She said, I'm teaching right now my Sunday school class uh, the, uh, the divided kingdoms and when they were carried off and, uh, into captivity and what king was ruling. I said, ma'am, I didn't ask you about the captivity. If you died right now, do you know heaven would be your home? She said, of course not. I said, then what are you teaching? The church is not put here to brag about what we know about the Old Testament. The church was put here to be a watchman, to warn folk, to tell them God's message. Except you repent, you shall likewise do what? Perish. He that believeth not is condemned already. 
Maybe we ought to give Brother Obama a little slack since we're not the kind of watchman that God could be proud of. Well, I thought for sure I'd be welcome home with this. A watchman, number one, needs to be alert. The watchman who's standing in the tower, the watchman should not slumber or should not sleep. The watchman should not become engrossed in other activities to where he could not be scanning the horizon. The watchman must not be preoccupied. He must not be anything other than just gazing at the horizon. Must be alert, alert to the impending danger, alert to the safety and security of those that God has brought him in contact with. Notice his responsibility in verse 2. Notice in verse number 2, I read for you, and you already have seen it, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land. Now, who brings the sword? God brings the sword. God brings the sword. If the people of the land take a man and of their coast and set him for their watchman, we ought to set the watchman in his place. And the Bible said, and when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. That means he must be alert. He must be alert. Alert to people who are about you. Alert to the people that you come in contact with. Alert that people who you come in contact with more than likely are lost. More than likely, if they die, we'll spend eternity in hell. And here is another picture of that, is when you walk to the judgment seat of Christ. I wonder if the first thing Jesus might ask, let me see your hands. You say, preacher, that's hard. I didn't write it. I just read it. Let me see your hands. And I will say to you, what if at the great white throne judgment, and the Bible says when we are caught up in the rapture, we should so ever be with the Lord. That means when the great white throne judgment is taking place, you and I are there as witnesses. Not, we're just there to view. And the Bible said, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Can you imagine that? Small and great, stand before God. Everybody that we've come in contact with, that the Holy Spirit has said, are they saved? Would you give them a track? Would you pass? Are you watching out for the eternal destiny? They are standing before God. You and I will be standing there watching. And the Bible said, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. 
And they were judged out of those things written in the books. The Bible said the sea gave up the dead with it, and death and hell gave up the dead with them, and they were judged. This is Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. They were judged out of those books. I just wonder, while we're standing watching one of our family members being cast into hell, if we look at our hands, what will we see? Your fear will shade away that day. The hobby that you're so busy with on Saturday will pass away in that day. The thing that the devil has got you sidetracked with and got us sidetracked with will fade away in oblivion that day because he will require their blood and our hands. Preacher, why do you have buses? Preacher, why do you spend all the money on buses? Preacher, why do you talk about sowing and why do you? Because we're God's watchmen. We cannot let this city die and go to hell. We must be alert. Can you say amen? We must be alert when a visitor comes to our church. We must be alert. We may not know their name, but we can sure raise them up in prayer during the sermon. Instead of worrying about what time I get through, we ought to worry about when they get the invitation given, are they going to come forward and get saved? Instead of worrying about the roast that you put on, don't put a roast on. Just say, I'm just going to have to have hot dogs today. There's something more important than my roast. Or roast your roast to the glory of God. Amen. We must be alert. I said we must be alert. You agree we must be alert. How many have we come in contact with today? We did not even get impressed by God to invite them or to encourage them. Oh, we must be alert. Excuses are not accepted. Notice, have you got your Bible? Would you turn to me with me to Isaiah chapter number 56? Isaiah chapter 56. And God talks about his watchman. God talks about his watchman here. Notice this, if you would, please. And please, I, I want you to look at this. Isaiah 56, verse 10. Look at this. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. Well, I'm glad I ain't preaching that. Somebody get mad at me if I preach that. Dumb dogs, not intelligently ignorant, cannot speak. Dogs that cannot bark. Notice that. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Do you think maybe that might be a pretty 
good description of the average church in America today? The average church in America today is trying to reach them socially. They're trying to reach them with the dramas and everything under the sun and never mention hell, heaven, repentance, faith. Just come as you are and give what you can. And we'll can what you give. What a shame. Watchmen, I sure hope that's not a description of me. Blind cannot see those that walks by. Ignorant do not realize what God's Word says about the folks living next door. They are dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. I hope our church don't fall into that category. Can you say amen? Paul put it another way in the book of Romans, chapter number 13. And he puts it another way that I think is so descriptive. Verse 11, he says in Romans chapter 13, verse 11, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. I think it's about time for our church to wake up to the fact that we are watchmen and we need to become alert. Slumbering, sleeping. Notice it's sleeping, laying down. If I was a watchman, I was going to go to sleep, I'd at least sleep standing up, wouldn't you? I'd cover it up, wouldn't you? We do, don't we? We cover it up with fear. We cover it up with, uh, it's just not a good time. We cover it up with, uh, they'll get mad. Uh, we'll cover it up with, we'll just drive them away from the gospel. Uh, how much harder is hell going to be if you witness to them and they get mad at you? How can you drive anybody farther from hell than they already are? Boy, isn't this good? Amen. A watchman needs to be alert. I need to be more alert. I need to be more alert. Is there anybody here who will admit they need to be more alert and warn people and warn people? And no, no, that I think to be alert is good, but to be alert and not concerned is kind of empty. Concern. You know, I think a watchman should be concerned. Alertness is, is no benefit without concern. Concern. Concerned about God's will for your life. Concerned about man's condition. You know, today, folks really don't... You know, in America, folk don't believe people die and go to hell. You know, I mean, he just, he just, I, I don't know if you know it or not, but America does not know the God of the Bible. 
they did, they would not kick the Ten Commandments out of every place in the world, run the Bible out of school, and take prayer out of school. America does not know the God of the Bible. And the average church member, and it does not know the God of the Bible. You know, America, it just does not know. Judges 2 and 10 says, now listen, there was a generation that arose another generation that did not know the Lord. That's Judges 2.10. There was a generation that rose up that did not know the Lord. I wonder if that is going to be the postscript of the next generation. Has anything changed in your lifetime? Has church attendance changed in your lifetime? We got big buildings. We've got nice properties. We got everything except God. Divorce is as high in the church as it is in the world. There's as many preachers and parishioners committed adultery in the church as they are outside the church. And thinks that God puts up for that. America does not know the God of the Bible. How are they going to know if the watchman does not get concerned and become alert? The guy that you've been working with, bumping elbows with, eating lunch with, are they saved? Don't you think we owe at least a gospel tract? Don't you think at least we ought to grow a, draw a cross on the tablecloth and say the guy that was sitting here before me drew that on there for you? You ought to lie about it, I guess. We have a message from God, and I think the world needs it. God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But is long-suffering, not willing that any should what? Perish, that all should come to repentance. Do you believe that God can save any sinner in the world? Do you believe that the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to wash every soul white, clean, and redeemed? You will not ever talk to anybody. You will not ever speak to anybody that God cannot save. Now, they may not accept him. Notice what the Bible said. If you warn them and they go ahead and die in their iniquity, they shall die in their iniquity, but you've delivered the blood off your hands. But if you do not warn them, then their blood God will require at our hands. You say, explain that. I'm afraid to. 
Now, let's get real, real, real personal. What about your friends and your relatives? What about your friends and your relatives? The Bible said, and I saw them stand before God. And I read one time, and many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out demons in thy name and done many wonderful works in thy name? You know the rest of it? Then I will say unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye works of iniquity. And the angels of God will take that one who is not saved, that one that we ate with, that one that we were kin to, that one we were friends with, and the angel will take by the nap of the neck and the seat of the britches and cast them into the lake of fire. And God will say, Can I see your hands? God has set us as watchmen. Could I please ask you a question in closing? If we don't reach them, if this church does not reach Joshua, who will? We need to blow the trump loud and clear. We need to make everybody know we're on Jesus' side. And we need to make everybody sure that Jesus can save, and that Jesus will save, and that Jesus can save. Amen. The only thing that's keeping us from being that watchman is our concern. We're concerned about time of services concerned about length of services when we ought to be praying dear God save somebody today concern I think a watchman ought to be willing would you say amen a willing watchman willing yes willing being a watchman is demanding if you please it takes time I like what the Apostle Paul said at his conversion. Lord, what would thou have me to do? And if Paul listened real real closely, say, Paul, I'd like to set you high on the wall. I want you to be a watchman. And everywhere he went, he led people to Christ. Can you say amen? Five times? Hey, let me tell you what happened to me one day as I was riding my mule on the road to Damascus. I've been at this a long time. And I have memorized the Roman road. I'm working on the Galilean road. And I'm going to try to get the Samaritan road down. 
But when all is done and all is said, most people I win to Christ, I win with my testimony. Let me tell you what happened to me on a Thursday night in Farmer's Branch, Texas. And nothing will cut to the quick of an old hardened sinner. Like the Apostle Paul said, let me tell you what happened to me. One day when I was riding my mule down the road to Damascus, and God slapped me off that mule, and I looked up, and I got saved. We all need some help, do we not? But I would sure like to, for Joshua Baptist Church to become God's watchman in Johnson County. I used to have folk tell me, I'm not coming to your church because you folks are just too evangelistic, but I'll bring my family so they'll get saved. That'd be all right with me. I don't care whether they join or not. I'd just like to be able to warn them. Hmm? I just kind of like to be able to let me tell you the old, old story. Our Savior came from glory. Huh? Amen? Let's be watchful. Let's be alert. Let's get concerned. And if you're willing, God will let you.